Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the gang, the one you never asked to be a part of. You are listening to the Grief Gang podcast, the show dedicated to breaking down the topic of grief one conversation at a time with me, your host, Amber Jeffrey. Hello, 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 Grief Gang. Um, this week, and it is a very important week in the uh, grief calendar the grief community calendar it's baby loss awareness week we are by the time this goes out about halfway through baby loss awareness week 2022 and i'm talking with author journalist presenter and very proud to say now friend pippa vosper pippa is most noted for her written features in british vogue and as of recently her first book beyond grief which is exactly what we're going to be talking about in today's episode and more. Pippa and I found um, one another well over a year ago online and immediately connected. I remember seeing her <laughs> um, in like the common sections of my Instagram and just connecting and gravitating and I think meeting quite quickly um, quite after that really. And though both coming from two extremely different bereavements, I value and resonate with so many of Pippa's words and, and stories. Um, in today's episode, Pippa takes us back to the day her son Axel died when she was five months pregnant. The instinctive moment that she knew her baby was going to die that night and the moments she spent with Axel alone, soaking in every moment of and with him, the shock of it all. I'm not going to sugarcoat it, grief gang, as I never really do try to on this podcast. This episode is tough, but it is real. So, so real. Pippa is not and will not be the last parent to experience this. The loss of a child that didn't reach full term is so silenced, so swept under the rug because the outer world didn't have a relationship or lay their eyes on this baby. But does that make this loss any less to the likes of Pippa and many other mothers and fathers? Baby loss from my three years of doing Grief Gang is one of those areas that many outside of that loss community shy away from. Maybe because it's too unfathomable. You're probably right. It is utterly heartbreaking. But it happens and it is happening and it's about time we get a bit more geared up to talk about it and have these conversations and listen to these stories. Pippa's book, Beyond Grief, is doing exactly that. It covers every aspect of pregnancy and baby loss at any stage, from the practical to the emotional, with advice from experts and stories from women who have been through it themselves. God, I could go on for ages at talking about Pippa and just my total admiration for her. I'm so proud to call her a friend, as I said earlier, and her support, love and frankness is unmatched. 
we need more pippers in the world we really really do and during this baby loss awareness week to all the mums and the dads that are maybe listening my heart is with you during this week and all the weeks that are after your baby matters always has and always will Hello, Grief Gang, and welcome back to another episode with me, your host, Amber Jeffrey of The Grief Gang Podcast. Today, I am joined by this wonderful woman who has come into my life and is just this <laughs> radiance of joy. And I can't help but honestly just laugh when I'm in your presence. And I feel. <laughs> I feel so blessed that our paths have crossed. And once again, it's a path that has crossed over very unfortunate circumstances and most very, very different circumstances as well. But nonetheless, grief is grief and we all resonate in some way. So today, Grief Gang, I would like to introduce to you Pippa Vosper. Pippa, thank you so much for joining me today, darling. How are you? I'm so good. I smile when I see you, whether we're talking or in person. I just smile when I see your face too. You're just such, you're just such this, even if we're talking about experiences of grief and death and hardships and which is just, you make it less painful. So to kickstart Pippa, before we've got so much to talk about today, because you were just a fucking powerhouse of a woman and just, I'm, I'm so fortunate to know you and to be alongside you in this journey. And I'm so glad that our paths have crossed because I feel the same. Yeah. I just, and it's just, it's the miraculous of Instagram and how I just remember seeing you in my comment sections before. And I was like, who's this lady just like dropping hearts? Oh yeah. Cause I started following you cause I just caught you somehow. And I was like, oh, I love the energy here. (laughs) It's not not angry and it's not depressing and it's it's my kind of grief yeah yeah you know it's it's okay my kind of grief when it happens isn't great but what how you were expressing yourself and other people's grief and the comments I could see I was like oh this is a good space you know but before we get deep and dirty into all this work and all this stuff um we need to tell your story and who it is that we are here to remember and to talk about today. So Pippa, if you could take a couple of minutes and tell the lovely Grief Gang audience who it is. Um, Well, we're first going to start talking about my son, Axel, who I felt for a long time I couldn't call him my son. And, you know, I've spoken about this before when he was five months into my pregnancy when I woke up in the middle of, no, actually I started to feel unwell during the day. But as with most people in this world, I said to myself, oh, I don't want to cause a fuss. Oh, I don't want to go to the hospital and bother the nurses who are already super busy. Let me just rest, get predominantly worse throughout the evening, but not to a sick state. But I was thinking, I'm just tired. So I go to bed again, thinking now it's sort of 10.30 PM. Don't want to wake my son up and because he was nearly six at the time and take him to hospital with us, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I wake up about three o'clock in the morning and I had what would feel like a period pain, period pains coming and um, felt my tummy and I could feel that where the bump of my pregnancy and where my baby was being held had moved quite low to the pelvic area. And I just knew Amber, I just knew. I'm like, this isn't, this is not right. I just, you know, you just, you know. So I get up and I said to my husband, we have to go to hospital now. Like it's really now. So I start getting dressed and nobody wants to know this, but I sleep in the nude. And so I was getting like a top on and I hadn't got any bottoms. Oh yeah, right. (laughs) Hadn't got any bottoms on. And I go into the bathroom because when you're about to give birth, it feels like you need to use the bathroom. Yeah because the the pressure of the water is about to break. So I go into the bathroom, the door is open and I turn around and my husband's in the other room and that's it. My water's breaking. It gushes, the water gushes out of me, but I could feel something. Mm. So I look down and there's this tiny pair of legs hanging out of me. And I'm just like, he's here. Like he's here. What the hell do I, he's here. Like you're in your house. We were actually in a rental at the time mm-hmm. because we were having work done in our home. Yeah. So I'm 
I, it was bizarrely next door to my house was, okay. was flat. So I like yeah. rented it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so we're in this sort of rental property, which didn't feel right either because, okay. you know, you're in a, it's not your surrounding, yeah. it's not your home. Yes. So I, you know, my husband sees and he goes white. He actually goes mm-hmm. white and he looks mm-hmm. terrified. And I just went into very sort of production mode. Yeah. I said, right, okay, what do we need to do? And I wasn't crying at this point. I was, I was petrified, but that had actually, what the, it was so terrifying. The fear had wiped away at this point. Yeah. I was in, what do we do? Yeah. So we said, right, let's call 999. <clears throat> Standing there and my baby's legs are there. And so immediately is wonderful human and you don't always get lucky when you call 999 I'm sure Mm -hmm. we got so lucky this woman was so warm and so kind and she just said right put towels on the floor Mm -hmm. your baby's here you're going to have to deliver him onto the onto the towels and he came out very quickly Mm -hmm. and very smoothly and into my husband's hands and he was breathing Mm-hmm. So the lady said, is he alive? And we were like, he's breathing. Yeah. And she said, right, you're going to have to start the mouth to mouth. So she said to my husband, put your face over his face and just breathe. And then the ambulance who, we have an ambulance station very close to our home. Very quick. The ambulance mm-hmm. turned up. What my, my, we could hear my son had woken up. So I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't let a five and a half year old see no. this situation. So I said to my husband, right, I can hear the ambulance. You go. I mean, it's three in the morning. We're very lucky that it wasn't 1 p.m. in the afternoon, I I think. So I said, you go to our son. I will continue mouth to mouth. So I I picked my boy up and I was giving him mouth to mouth. And then the paramedics walked in. One very in control guy, Tim, and one absolutely petrified young Australian or New Zealand guy. So... Tim said, he explained that Axel was too young to live. He's too little at 20, 20 weeks. So he said, right. And I just said, I don't know if you're allowed to do this. I remember saying this with pure clarity. I need him to die with me. Yeah. I can't die with you guys. I need him. I need there to be some poetic moment in this absolute horrific chaos. So I don't know how they, I mean, whether or not they got in trouble, I don't know. No, I, they wouldn't get in trouble because no one knows about it, but they shut the door. Mm. Or I pushed the door and then Axel died. He stopped breathing, with, but he died with his mum, yeah. not with two strangers. And, you know, so the next bit is quite blurry mm-hmm. because then I was like, okay, now it, now it's sinking in. Yeah. Now, now it's, I, I'm holding my dead yeah. baby and now, now we're on. Now yeah. this is it. And my son was on my tummy and we, we, you know, I pulled my top up. So he was laying, his skin was on my skin. And I'm just like, I'm just, I'm just so sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just so sorry. Like the ambulance, which is a moment of slight absurdity. The mo- the ambulance speeds off and leaves part of their equipment in the house. And my husband thinks I'm dying oh, God. because they haven't told him where we're going. Yeah. And why? So my husband's like, of, yeah. yeah. So my husband's like, what the flip is going on? Yeah. So then he's calling all the hospitals, oh. getting in our car with my son, getting my son dressed. And he's calling all the hospitals that he can think of mm. in the neighborhood. There's three or four. And then finally he goes, I bet you they're taking her to where we're registered, which yeah. is actually not our closest hospital. Calls A&E and they're like, yes, she's, she's registered. She's on her way. Okay. Hurry up. So we go into the A&E. And oh, this is one of the worst memories because you are so alone mm. and my husband wasn't there yet. And I'm laying with my baby who's, who's, I can feel that he's cold. Yeah. He's getting cold. And, and I just, the people were crowding around and, and again, they're, they're busy, but a very impersonal I believe Spanish doctor came in and was just not even talking to me. At you. I, I mean, he was talking about the nurses, but then you think to yourself, well, I might've been dying for all I know. So he probably just didn't give a yeah. who about the lady. He's like, let's save these people mm-hmm. or not the baby, but let's save the lady in case something's up. Mm-hmm. So they put, he pushed my placenta out, which was, I remember it being forceful mm-hmm. on, on that area. And the placenta came out, which I later understood was a, a really brilliant 
scenario because then you have to go to theatre yeah. otherwise yeah. and have it removed. I'm like, Oi. oh my goodness. Then my, I remember my son and my husband turning up and I'd called a friend, Charlotte. I called her and she hadn't picked up the first time and I called her the second time at four in the morning or something and I said, yeah. the baby's dead. And she just leaped into action, oh. took Asti, took him to nursery, everything else. A family friend let herself in that day, cleaned our bathroom, yeah. the blood spat- splattered walls, cleaned towels. Yeah. And then we went into this quiet room. It wasn't quiet for long because we were on the labor ward with many yeah. babies being born that day, oh. but it was quiet for a, a time. And dim lights and my husband and I were just there. And I j- then you just, then it hits you yeah. <laughs> and you just go, what, what the hell do we, what, what do we do from here? Like what, what our babies died? Like, what do we do that you don't know? There is no possible way of no, this is why I wrote the book because it isn't as many reasons, but in those first moments, I just needed instructions. All these people as well are people that you have retained in like your heart and your mind. I think oh. amazing because I say it's amazing, but almost how could, yeah, how could you forget these people? Oh, no, no, no. This no. is like part of the story you can't yeah. forget. And, you know, I can remember Tim being so kind, the first paramedic, and it actually made me want to be a paramedic. In a different yeah. life, I would be a paramedic. I mean, Inspired I think they're incredible you. people. Mm. And, um, and then, yeah, and then you... <laughs> I can't remember when Axel was taken from me. Yeah. You know, we'd already named him Axel before his birth. So we knew who he was. And I can't remember when he was taken from me. And, you know, and you don't really imagine it, but at, at five months, a baby is, is, is a baby. Yeah. You know, yeah. many people who've never been pregnant or don't remember the class at school or, mm, you know, they're, yeah. it's a baby. And, yeah. and I remember them saying, do you want to see him? And I was very nervous. And my husband said, yes, I, I do. Mm-hmm. So in turn, I was like, well, okay, I do. I wasn't sure, which God, I think if I hadn't, I would just be living these days with such regret giving you the option of t- you know yeah. you can do this this is experience you've never experienced in your life you don't know what is but potentially some hospitals may say no that's unethical or anything like that because, yeah. because or just some advice to just say just say it's okay you can do that and it's all right you might want to put yeah a little blanket and a bonnet because they yeah. do provide them and we weren't told that so that's i'm not angry i don't mm. agree in in anger being a part of particularly this late in the, in the, in the stages of grief, I think it's very unhealthy as a personal note to be angry. I find you're dealing with enough already. I want to ask you with, with Asti. So obviously your husband was with him for quite a lot of that time. Did your husband tell you kind of, as he was six, that's quite a, he's aware. He's aware. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so kind of what, what was, what was told to Asti? Oh, when he came to the hospital with my son, uh, with my husband, I, I, I remember the midwife saying this is the right thing to do, in her opinion. Yeah. I, I told him his brother had died. Yeah. I said, I gave birth to your brother and he died. Yeah. And now we have to find a way through this. But I told him when I was on the bed in A&E. Yeah. Because I'm not, you know, there are cases for telling children that the baby's ill or there are cases for, if they're not, you know, and there are cases for telling children other things. But in my belief, it's just saying it there and then in any circumstance in life and then going forward with the truth from there. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online you'll experience the all-new Cerebral Way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future 
and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Coming back to home afterwards, coming back into that space and roaming those walls. Oh my God. Yeah. Even that first step through your front door. Horrific. Yeah. Everything is a new pain. Mm -hmm. From the pregnant lady in the playground who uh, she and I were at the same stage of pregnancy to watch her bump continue to grow. And I actually see her son around the neighborhood still. And then for mine to stop growing and actually go down Mm -hmm. as hers continued to go up. I mean, what do you do with that? What do you do with that? And, you know, you, you are happy for the other person, but equally you are just like a constant reminder and then come and then coming back that night and I was still I put on quite a lot of weight in my pregnancies um so I could only fit in my pregnancy clothing Mm -hmm. so therefore every day for two months afterwards um but I was dressing in my pregnancy clothing because nothing else fit and I was too distressed to think oh I'm gonna go to Zara and buy some new clothes what no it's not happening so I was getting up and putting on my maternity jeans and I I'm like this is this is torture yeah literally torturous of and and then as well your body is still reacting and producing and it's just you're in this, cha- this chamber of torture from, from yes. women that I've spoken with. And that's, that's for me, like from someone who has, has now so many friends in the baby loss community who I yeah. hold so dear in my heart, the thought of, oh, here I go, the thought of yeah. going through something that you've been through and then yeah. for, your, for your body to still naturally do what it's doing, but to literally live in like a torturous chamber. It's a, cha- can't it's a torturous that. chamber. Because I wanted to just, I remember sitting on the bed naked once and looking at the mirror to the right. And I just thought, I want to take an, an I want to take a, a tool and yeah. just slice off my just stomach. Off, yeah. I want to get it off. I want to slice off my stomach. And I want to, I mean, because you're not in the mood to go to a Pilates class two days later, mm-hmm. you're not in the mood to go, I'm going to run it off. Yeah. You're in the mood to sit on that sofa and eat comfort food and watch in my case, oh God, I watched Sex and the City from uh, start yeah. to finish <laughs> because they were like the comforting friends I needed. I didn't have to talk to them, yeah, but they were talking to me. So I was, it's really funny to say, but I was having a social life through the screen. And I was clinging on to those girls as if they were my friends because I didn't have to say anything to them, yeah. but I was going out to restaurants with them. It's so funny to say it, but... I lived through their experiences to escape my own. Yeah. You know, I just was like, and Sex and City has always been a favorite. And I yeah. thought I'm going to start from the first. Yeah. Episode one, series one. And I went all the way through and it actually really helped me yeah. to forget for a moment and to escape for a moment. Mm. And I'm back with the girls, you know. I love so, that. Sex and the yeah. Sea. <laughs> yeah. It's like finding that show. It could be girls. It could be Game of Thrones. I Anything. don't know. But yeah. just just taking that time to just go, you know what? And also I'm such a productive doing person that yeah. I said, this is part of my therapy. Yeah. I'm not going to feel guilty for sitting for three hours yep. on a Wednesday morning and mm-hmm. watching this stuff. Yeah. No, I'm not going to do that to myself. It's part of your healing. I, it's my therapy. Yeah. I'm sitting and watching these girls and I'm not thinking about my baby dying for at least 38 minutes of those three hours. Yeah. So but you even know within that 38 minutes of that episode, your mind is still going to wander. So, but mm-hmm. even if it gives you a, a five minute a respite, tiny- uh, you know, but it kind of, uh, that kind of leads really well into kind of, you know, you, you, you went into that was your, your therapy and your respite for a while because well, within five days, you went back to work and I'm going to pull up an extraction from an article that you wrote um, and then some questions after that. So you wrote an article 
to the outside world, it looked as though my life was normal. Five days after I said goodbye to my baby, I was back at my store in Notting Hill, greeting customers in my loose-fitting clothes and thanking those mm. who had seen my proud pregnancy post on social media for their good wishes. Pretending everything was fine felt surreal, but a stream of smiling women was a distraction I needed. Crying for hours at home each day was exhausting. I felt I had no choice but to be strong and to get on with things. I had to Gosh. for Asti. Mm. <gasps> Gosh, that's so hard to listen to because... It takes you back. It takes me back to getting... I mean, my bike is, is my happy place. My family is my happy, happy place. My bike is my happy place. I have always been a massive cyclist. So yeah. actually five days later with a maternity pad in my underwear, I did cycle wow. to my store and back with a podcast in. And it was very helpful um, to have that fresh air and that movement, you know, and you don't need to move so much on a bike. It's, yeah. you know, it's not like running. Um, but because I just opened this second store, mm-hmm. it wasn't a new business as such. I'd done it before in Chiswick. It was simply a mo- moving location. And yeah, and I did feel like, did that do anything? And I thought the stress level was not high mm-hmm. for that particularly, you know. Um, yeah. And then so, yeah, as, as, as you wrote in that, you kind of, when when the customers were coming in and, and mm-hmm. everyday life, buzzing life, of kind of when people would remark at your bump. Oh, crumbs, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you had to go, I can totally imagine in that moment of that, it's literally a nanosecond you decide, am I going to tell the truth or am I going to lie here? <laughs> and I've been there with you and I've gone fuck it it's the lie today I can't be bothered I can't be bothered (laughs) yeah and I can just imagine you in that split second just looking going yeah all is well yeah I'm so excited thank you so much and inside I am literally being ripped into like oh my am I I I can't say you feel like you're disrespecting the honor of your baby you feel like you're lying to somebody which is a bit shit anyway and you're just going thank you so much trying not to cry I'm like what the flipping Henry so it gets about a week later and I hadn't told many of my friends and I I told like very close circle yeah yeah. and I hadn't told you know lots of other people and I just thought I've got to make a decision because I can't cope with this anymore because of social media particularly Instagram I'm active on it. I love talking to people. People were interested in my baby because they knew I tried for so many years and this was IVF and hooray, you did it, you know, and I just thought, oh gosh. So I remember taking a photo of Axel's footprints that we had got from the hospital, putting some pretty flowers around them. I didn't want to put like a cold post on Instagram. I wanted to be like nice and gentle. And I just sat there one Sunday night in the bedroom. I closed the door. And I thought, I'm just going to write the truth. Yeah. And I just wrote how I felt. Probably the only time in Instagram history that you don't think about your caption, right? Yeah. You're just like, I just want to say how I feel about this. Yeah. So I just wrote and I just said, look, um, thank you to everyone, but it's so painful to have you ask about my bump in the kindest of manners that yeah. you are doing it. But my baby died and I gave birth to him and he, and he died. Yeah. You know, he, he died he died. It's still so crazy to me that, that this even happened Mm -hmm. to me, that I gave birth to a baby and I held him as he died. Like Mm -hmm. it's so, it's so otherworldly almost that, that you can go through life and these things and you can witness your mum dying or your husband can have a heart attack in front of you or you can give birth to a baby and the baby dies. And you just like, we are, we're sent these things and mostly we can cope eventually with them, but it's just like, wow, life just, can you just not do that? Can you just not fuck with me? Yeah. Can you just not do yeah, that? Yeah. You know? And then almost, and you know, for some people it's relentless. It's some people, they have one loss and weeks later, months later, another yes. one happens. And yeah. it's in those, so I think, I don't know what the fuck is the universe is doing for you, but it needs to fucking stop because when my mum died, I was like, okay, that's me for life. Like surely like there's going to be no other like substantial death, like for a really long time until like I'm gray and old or something like that. But then the reality is that fuck no, I'm going to actually have to do this again with someone else that I love. And can my weary battered heart already that's still recovering can that actually take another beating again? 
to move on to and to move on to this I I love this when I stumbled across this this video and this interview for you and you're a fantastic interviewer I mean I'm I'm <laughs> I really enjoy it I just love I'm so interested in in people yeah. and experiences yeah. I love talking to people about like we're nosy we're a bit nosy aren't we <laughs> a bit nosy, but also it's that general fascination yeah. with human interaction yeah. and relationships and how this affects this and it's yeah. it's fascinating it is it really is and and in this specific interview you interviewed Vanessa Kirby um the actress in Pieces of a Woman mm. and for those who don't know what Pieces of a Woman is it was a Netflix only um, film wasn't it I believe yeah. that came out mm. about I remember watching Gosh, it, it a year or I think it was year tw- and a, half ago? a year and a half ago yeah quite yeah. really in the depth of the pandemic mm-hmm. and it's all about the story of a young woman and, and her, her I think husband or partner who, oh, who yeah. lost who lost their baby and it is this intimate intense the the camera work just everything I remember on the edge of my seat like oh my god and the bath scene and just oh oh, fuck and you were taken through the journey and hers was it was like a home birth wasn't it and Mm -hmm. then so the baby died at birth through negligence of the midwife yeah and yeah and then so it was yeah the midwife and, and her mishaps and then getting into the hospital and it was it's this intense film and then it goes through life after for her mm-hmm. and yeah. how she started navigating through this world without her baby. Oh, it was fantastic for someone who like I said, has not been to experience of this, the mm-hmm. insight and many conversations I've had with so many women on this podcast. It was just fascinating. Again, it's fa- yeah. fascinating finding out how we tick. And so, and then yeah. in this interview, what I love so much and then whether it's bold to say or not but but I think I just love that you did it you said I was actually really worried Vanessa that you were you were gonna like fuck this up a little bit because there was quite a weight on your shoulders to depict the story of thousands millions of women who have been through this type of journey and you said I was you let this relief of like oh no you actually you told our story right and thank you Mm. and so kind of I feel like for myself, this is the first time I've kind of seen this kind of representation on the big screen. Like, That's how about it. you? Well, that was what I said to Vanessa when I did the interview with her. Is it, people get things wrong all the time? There was a, um, gosh, a recent storyline. I remember seeing someone on Instagram talking about a. I think it, I believe it was a donor conception storyline, and they got so much wrong. And mm. I'm just like, oh my gosh, people it isn't a blame of anybody because before it happened to me, I didn't understand it either. People do not understand pregnancy loss. Mm. uh, They try, but it's very difficult. It's very difficult to understand it because you're not seeing a living baby. You're not having, there's not photographs that the uncle can look at and understand that that baby's died. So therefore be more, there's more empathy coming through from him. I felt so silly for so long calling Axel my baby. Um, but mm. even until, sometimes I still do in certain situations. Mm. I'm sort of like, you know, people look at you and you know that they're thinking, oh, honey, it was a, you know, you had a miscarriage. Yeah. And I'm just like, um, if I could show you the photo, I could show you the photos. Yeah. If, if you was in a bonnet. S- yeah. If, <laughs> if you had a lovely you, bonnet on, I would show you. <laughs> if I... If I showed you the photo of my baby, you would never say that You'd again. You'd eat your words, yeah. You would literally or eat even, your words. Or even the mum who lost the baby at three weeks. If she could somehow, he, if she could get some telepathic message yeah. that would allow him to feel how she's feeling or yeah. her to feel how she's feeling, they would never say it again. No. There are lots of situations that I, I won't name names, mm-hmm. but there were so many situations where women that I know actually said certain things and acted a certain way. And yeah. I just was just thinking, holy sugar. Yeah. That didn't, ha- no, that didn't happen. No. no. Hmm. There's a woman that came to my store that wanted me, she's a fashion stylist. She wanted me to sell some of her clothes in the store, new stuff. And I hadn't answered her emails because Amber, I could barely, yeah, text my husband no. at this point while running the no, store, you yeah. know, I, because like my grief was so strong. It'd been about six to eight months after Axel died, I guess. And she came to the store very annoyed. And I said, I'm so sorry. I haven't been able to get back to anybody because mm. I'm still in such 
a deep state yeah. here. And she replied, what? Still. Oh. And it's just those things. And going to a garden party, I remember <laughs> someone who else who's spoken out about pregnancy loss, very high profile lady. I went to her garden party for her clothing launch of children's clothing. And this lady that I think used to work for Vogue, doesn't anymore. Um, I see her and she looks at me, looks very disappointed, doesn't say hi, even though I know her pretty well, mm -hmm. walks off, yeah. walks off. Oh. And I'm just like, um, I'm not imagining this. I'm not no. crazy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, another time I go to the IVF clinic and it's also a gynae clinic. So mm, there's a mixture yeah. of patients. Another woman I know, oh. not very well, but I know her and she, I, she, I, she just says, oh, what happened? And I just sort of explained that my cervix was weak from my first child and the axle sort of came out. And she said, I'll never forget it. And she laughed, a big laugh and said, oh, he just fell out. Oh my God. And then I laughed because I was like, so oh, nervous. Like, <gasps> yeah. And I'm not naming names, but these are all the things that many women have to contend with yeah. when they lose a pregnancy. Is this I don't know if it's nervousness, insensitivity, if it's just careless attitude mm. towards someone else. But I mean, I've got such a long list of that. They're not grievances anymore. They were for many oh, years. Course, I was like, course. oh God, I want to email you tomorrow. Yeah, go fuck yourself. Three years later yeah. <laughs> and say, <laughs> you know, remember that time? Yeah, I, um, you probably forgot, but remember that time when you laughed in my face and you said, my son fell out of me. You're a cunt. <laughs> yeah at the at the IVF counter because oh. it, she wasn't doing IVF it was a you know a yeah, mixed gynae clinic yeah. as well and I just these things I'll not I'll never forget them no I've I've let them go yes but I'll never forget them no. and I just think this is what people have to contend with yeah. with pregnancy if the if their husband partner died of a should we say a more spoken of illness mm. such as cancer or, you know, yeah. the compassion level I would imagine, I can't be certain, is a lot greater. So Pippa, tell me about the book. What's it been like writing it and putting pen to paper? And firstly, what's what's the name of the book? I know what it is. What did the listeners, they need to know. Uh, <laughs> um, it's called Beyond Grief. When I first wrote my piece for Edward at Vogue, uh, we're mates for many, many years. And he asked me when he took over, would you write your story? And I trusted him and his wonderful team. And I did write my story for them. And they took great care of me with it. And it was called Beyond Grief. So it seemed very poetic to call my book, which is how I first introduced Axel properly to the world, yeah. called Beyond Grief, Navigating the Journey of Pregnancy and Baby Loss. Um, because when I lost my baby, there wasn't another book out there that, that was my book that yeah. spoke to me in a certain way. I'm not very sort of soft and I'm not hard ass either, but I'm not, uh, I, I like direct. Yeah. And, you know, I asked friends to be in the book who've spoken openly about their loss and therapists and wonderful doula spiritualists in America and a gynae obstetrician who is so respected. They're all in there. So it's advice. It's personal journeys it's it's help through the grief it's guidance it's you will be okay mm -hmm. you're going to get beyond this and I'm not saying you never want that grief to go because a lot of the time it does keep you connected to the people yeah. that you love and miss but you don't want to be in that intense awful grief from the first point of loss no. you know so it's medical explanations of why this can happen yeah. which I didn't know so I'm sitting in that hospital thinking I killed my baby yeah putting the blame so on I've yourself. Yeah, so I've detailed that as well. Like just trying to get everything answered that if you are a woman or a supporter of the woman who's lost her baby, if she, it's a partnership normally that have lost the baby, but I'm going for the woman predominantly yeah. because she's connected in a, in a physical way to yeah. that baby. It's just giving her every single answer and those around her that I never had. Yeah. One thing I want to ask you before we move on, I want to ask, when is Axel's like birthday? The 6th of June. Uh, he's a Gemini he's, baby. He is a Gemini baby. <laughs> yeah, like my husband. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's a Gemini baby. Yeah, a little summer, early summer baby. Yeah. That's wonderful. Are you, are you, do you like to do like a celebration around that day? 
or we at least memorialise it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we go to the cemetery where we scattered his ashes. There's a tree, and we go there on Christmas Day, New Year's Day, and birthdays. Generally, all of our birthdays walk, and it's actually yeah. a very beautiful cemetery. So yeah. we like to walk around it. It's actually lovely. Yeah. I never knew this about cemeteries. <laughs> they can be very beautiful. Um, so we go for a walk around there, and we'll have a cupcake, and yeah. you know, we'll definitely mark the day. Mark the day for sure. It would seem. It would seem too odd to me not to but mm. rather than the the tears that come on the morning now it's like happy birthday hi yeah hello Just speaking you know, to the abyss yeah. hello yeah, yeah. Ha- we love you ha- have a wonderful day we'll be with you all we're with you every day anyway yeah. but you know yeah so it's more of a, a an ease it's a shift isn't day. it and I'm so with you mm-hmm. in that yeah around my mum's anniversary it's a real yeah kind of yeah, happy birthday or happy death day. <laughs> Just yeah, yeah. Speaking to the abyss. But yeah. speaking about mums, I wanted to talk with you about your mum. And the reason why this, yeah. when I attended your event back in March, it was, and it was creeping yeah. up to Mother's Day, you put on an event with Peanut over at yeah. Soho House and Poppy and I so um, wonderfully came along. So lovely. It was yeah. so great. And the, like, obviously this, like this experience, it's not my world, but I am so intrigued in it. And I feel a real connection with the baby loss and pregnancy loss community like and I just think with my with my platform I just I just yes yeah. so when I saw it come up I was like I need to come I need to be in this room with these women and to hear their stories in person and you did a wonderful job uh, such a wonderful job. You. you were so nervous it was like the, 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 oh no I wasn't that nervous oh, oh okay never, <laughs> no I never I just love talking yeah. so I'm never nervous with those things um did I say did I you, 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 you came up you were like, I'm, I'm, I think you were nervous about like the number stuff but it was a fantastic the, oh, the it was buzz awesome. was great and you held this the women yeah. there were just oh. gosh I mean the room was just such a great space for yeah. the, the it was energy intimate the it there. was yeah mm. and so it was it was wonderful to just be in that and I've met people now that I'm connected with and like Kat oh, and just oh, amazing and love Kat Georgina yes. and yeah. Chloe and everyone do you remember Akua that came Did yes you speak to Akua? yes yeah 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 we, yeah. we follow each other now and so oh. it was just yeah a real wonderful space to just be with with all women but there was a part in the discussion you were speaking about you speaking about with your mum and kind of the complicated yeah. relationship around that and, and and when she died and kind of just speaking about complicated relationships and we were yeah. speaking in the context of Mother's Day and so you were like yeah like I don't really feel like I connected really with Mother's Day or kind of it doesn't really uh, not bother you or like it doesn't upset you maybe as much kind of the Mother's Day yeah. kind of stuff so I just really want to ask you what well, before we'll talk about kind of yeah complicated relationships with people that have passed and kind of how yeah we need to honor that as well and that like I said with you earlier mine is very much a Hollywood grief like my mum she wasn't perfect but we had a very good relationship but I have friends all over who like no like my parent or my person was a bit of an asshole and I love them but they were really quite tricky when they were alive and how how does that play out in your grief process and so, yeah, tell us a little bit kind of about that. And then I've got another question for you there. Yeah. Um, well, my mum and I, I know she loved me. This is what I I know mm. she loved me. But she had, she brought my brother and I up from when I was two. Very stressful. My father wasn't great at all. Um, I believe a narcissist. Who knows? I haven't spoken to him in many, many years, 20 years perhaps now, because it was a decision that was more beneficial for me. Not because he was awful, but there was just, it wasn't working. Mm -hmm. So my mom and I never really had this connection. You know when two magnets get placed at the wrong end? Yeah. And and you're trying to put two magnets together that do not, they're the wrong ends to go together. That's how I describe it. Mm -hmm. So I know she loved me. I know she tried. She just didn't have the capacity to love me in the way that I wanted or needed. And she ran a business from when we were tiny. Um, she was gone many hours, you yeah. know, working on this business, which is not her fault. It's awesome what she did. But then there's that distance. And I'm not saying working mothers cannot be as close to their kids as stay-at-home mums. Yeah. It could be anything, but in my case. And then we just jarred yeah. for all the time. I'd go and see her and I just knew it was going to be not fraught, but there'd be just this tension all the time. So we were not that close. I would have liked to have been closer. Of course I would. 
I would have liked the, you know, I see mums and daughters going shopping together yeah. into clothing stores. I'm like, I wonder what that's like yeah. when they're both trying stuff it's so on. so alien, and, you're like. Yeah. Right. Or I see mother and daughters on holiday together. I know. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, wow, I'm fascinated. <laughs> I'm not jealous and I'm not anything. I'm just fascinated. Yeah. Like, what do you talk about? Happen. Like, what do you talk what about? What do you talk about? You get on with each other? <laughs> what? I would take a flight with my mum, I would imagine. We never did it. And I'm sure we would be at loggerheads by the time yeah. the flight was over, <laughs> let alone a holiday, you know? Um, and then one night, she never called me after eight o'clock because she had this hilarious, very considerate belief that I was having my own family life and social life after uh, eight. But uh, she would never phone me. So I remember coming out of a spinning class and my phone had gone from her home line twice okay. and it had gone past eight mm. and I knew something was up and I was yeah. like, oh, sugar. Something's she's fallen or yeah. uh, breaking or I don't know something. I knew something was up mm. because in years and years and years I'd never had a call. And I phoned back, and a friend of the family was in the home because mm. mm. my mum had been dead for about almost two days because oh. she lived on her own, and she'd uh, pulmonary embolism. The blood clot had caused a cardiac arrest, mm -hmm. and she had died in her on her bed or in her bed. I didn't think I'd be that upset when she died, but my God, I was, I was very upset yeah. for, but nowhere near as long as with Axel. Yeah. Nowhere near the depth of feeling with Axel. And I have seen a healer since because I didn't want to see a therapist, but I saw my healer that I see who's absolutely wonderful at these things. It's not as in depth, but it's yeah. very calming and lovely to talk to someone. And she was in her 70s. It was a, you know, natural cause kind of death. Like natural order, isn't it? Kind of. Yeah. So yeah. for me, it was quite easy to process. Mm. It wasn't, it took a, uh, some time to get over it. And I still now, yeah. she died in 2015. I still now want to call her sometimes. Yeah. It comes in. And unlike you, where you were very close to your mum, where you must get that urge all the time. Mm. You know, I still called my mum several times a week. So it was a regular yeah. experience just to check in, you know? Yeah. Part and, of your routine. Yeah. Yeah. And so you do think, oh my, I still know her phone number off my heart. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, cause she had a landline. Yeah. I used to dial it quite often. <laughs> no, no mobile. Didn't, didn't want one. Um, so th there's just very different types of grief that have hit me. And I had a friend die when I was in my twenties and, and that was a very strong initial period. Yeah. But again, he was somewhat older and had a bad drinking problem. Mm. Not a bad drinking problem, he drank too heavily. Okay. So um, had a heart attack in the car on a, on a drive home one night. Yeah. But, you know, e easier to process. Yeah. Whereas with Axel, it took many, many years. And also I had the visuals yeah. from this experience. Yeah. You, you flash back to what you saw mm. as well as what you felt, you know? Second to last question, I wanted to ask you, in those kind of depth, Pippa, what, what helped you? Where did you turn to for those initial support systems? Well, do you feel like there was I a relied, lot? No, I relied heavily on my husband, um, which looking back, I think he probably could have done with more support than I gave him. Okay. Uh, but he's he was very, he's a very kind person. Mm -hmm. So he gave me pretty much all I needed yeah. until he started to really come out and be a lot happier. I then began to resent him because he wasn't, he wasn't deep in the grief yeah. as I was. So that was that friends, there are five or six girlfriends and two male friends actually, but the predominant group were a gang of six girlfriends who were not known to each other as such. They, they knew each other, mm. but they were all so incredibly helpful. Yeah. One was like, I will run the shop for you. And she was almost taking no for an answer. I said, Danny, you can't do that. And <laughs> yeah, like you have no one, qualifications in this world. <laughs> and the other one just came. She had young kids herself, just came for the first week every night. Amazing. And then, you know, another friend would just rally. And it, I, when I think about even, for example, my mum, my mum's friends in terms of my mum had many, many friends. And part of me now I'm thinking, of course, she's probably spinning in her grave thinking about how many of her friends have actually kind of, you know, uh, held out for her children. Um, but there's one specific friend that after all these years, she shows up like, at, I get messages from her at least like 
twice a month just and she sent one the other day a photo of mum from her Facebook and she's like I love when your mum pops up on my Facebook and see isn't that wonderful yeah they're not they're not afraid or shying away and they're just saying yes your mum died but look she was wonderful yeah. like look at her yeah. and look at the times we had her. and just yeah and it's it's things like that that that, those are the people I can't forget kind of the other people who sent me hundreds of messages I'm a bit like I don't remember if you have a message but ones that are consistent after nearly six years like yes, yes, fuck yes. yeah it's insane well Pippa tell the Grief Gang audience where they can get your book and how they can support oh, you um, well, I recently learned that pre-orders are super important. Yeah. So any support, I didn't realize how important this was. Uh, <laughs> my book is called Beyond Grief, Navigating the Journey of Pregnancy and Baby Loss. It's out on the 25th of August, 2022, this year. And um, it will be, yes, everywhere. I get, Amazon, Waterstones, Falls. Yeah. yeah. So thank you, Amber, to you for your support and anybody else who can and we'll support I hope people find it super helpful I think they will I know they will Pippa thank you so much for being a guest today on The Grief Gang thank you so much I've loved it thank you that's it for this week's episode thank you so much to Pippa for joining me as a guest um if you noticed, I should have probably put this in the intro that we are talking a bit in like uh, past tense in terms of when it came to the books because we did this recording back in like June. My gosh, yeah, we did. Um, but yeah, thank you to Pippa. And I'm going to put in the footnotes of this episode links to where you can purchase her book Beyond Grief and get your hands on it. Um, mine is here with me on my book pile to read um i'm also going to put in the footnotes too some resources of charities and organizations that support those who experience and have experienced baby and child and pregnancy loss in the footnotes um and again just thank you for joining me again this week it's been um a really great and fulfilling season this season for and really really appreciative and grateful for everybody who has been tuning in every single week and sending their feedback and love and support it has been really great so take care and i will see you next week for a very long-awaited topic that grief gang community have been asking for i'm not going to spoil it and, and be, be little coxies um but yeah i will see you next wednesday guys take care to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.